I did an intro and I listened to it just now and it was so lame that I said I got to record it again. And that's what I'm doing as we speak. You know, we speak. I'm, I'm doing the lion's share of the speaking. This episode is me indulging in my reverie. That sounds good, right? I'm letting myself become a little bit sad during this period. Now, at the time, it was very acute. At the time, it was painful. At the time, I really did feel like the floodgates of what I was holding at bay had finally come through. And I was starting to feel what was my neutral position, which is sadness. In hindsight, I can't call it depression because it only lasted about 48 hours. And there were circumstances inside that period that propagated it. Propagated it? That word? Perpigrated it? Perpigrated it. That's definitely the word I'm looking for. So it was justified. It was tough. I did have a lot of those old feelings well up. And I thought, let me dialogue about this while it's happening. And I don't know if I mentioned in the episode, I definitely did in the old intro, but there was a point where I thought, should I do this? Why don't I just tell my audience everything's going great? Why don't I tell them that three months of quitting depression and still going strong? I could have. You don't know what you don't know because you don't know what I don't tell you. No one knows me, except for Gina and Falcor, and neither of them are going to say anything. If you know either of them, you know it's more likely Falcor will say something. Falcor's the dog. In any event, I did not go that route. I did not decide to lie to you and say everything's going great. I thought, wow, I'm feeling miserable. Why don't I dump that on my audience? And that could sound bad, like I wanted it to just now, but it also could be very honest. So that when you're working on anything in your life and you feel like you are unstoppable and then all of a sudden something stops you, you can say, well, I'm not the only one. If it can happen to the great and powerful jet, then it can happen to me too. And that's okay. And that's why I did it. So sit back. This will be an episode that actually makes you feel better about yourself. None of this jet ran 10 miles before breakfast. But uh, right now, you get to hear how I was feeling in the moment. So hello, hello, darkness. Episode 109 starts right now. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yes, it has been some time since I have sat behind the ivories, and the ivories I am speaking of are the plastic components of my microphone slash recorder. Much has happened since I've last donned your ears with my voice. Much of it negative. If viewed through the eyes of the standard human who does not have if the perspective of the gods, what has been going on in my small, pathetic micro-life has been things that displease me, make me sad. And then sadness is a stack of weights that presses upon the foundation of your resolve until, at some point, the inevitability of collapse is eminent. Hence, my old friend Darkness. It was yesterday, the day of days, because I don't remember what day it is. 
fall, the first day of fall. Interesting, because that is when I took my fall. I have quit depression for three months, starting at the end of June. Until somewhere around the 20s of September. Is it the depression of old? Sure, yeah. Yesterday when I was at Lowe's Hardware Store, not a sponsor... I was looking at high-grit sandpaper to work on my Lucite table project, a project that was giveth to me by the uh, streets. Basically, I found this Lucite table and this marble table out at a garage sale type thing, but the guy just gave them to me for free, and I decided to remove the scratches in the Lucite, seeing that the table could be worth up to $500. I put paint thinner on it, cracking it, with fine little cracks, and for two days, now three days, I've been working to remove my mistake. And I'm close. I used a heat gun, which warped it. I used sandpaper, which tarnished it. And every step forward seems to be a step back. Now you're thinking, this is a small micro thing, but it's easy to be overwhelmed. This plus, the reason I'm not in the mountains, is when Gia and I were leaving Old Shady Rest, the uh, dirty campsite, based on the fact that there were so many trees, you actually get dirtier because there's like real dirt as opposed to silt. We were exhausted. We were hot. We were filthy. We went to Vaughn's. We picked up all our food, loaded it into the camper with the attitude that you remember from the last episodes. Our future was bright. The smoke was still thick among us. And we thought, this will go away. Our thoughts have no impact on the reality of California forest fires, that uh, issue predates us and will long outlast us until all the uh, trees are taken over by cell phone towers. We get there. Our friend Dennis, mentioned in previous episodes, had reserved a site for us. We thought we were going to get site 29 because site 31, the one we wanted, had been occupied. We saw that Site 31 had our name on it. We went over, we parked, Gina decided it was the better site, and uh, Dennis had taken care of us. He's like, I knew that 29 was available, but 31 was the better site. They left two days early, so I gave this to you. So Gina and I were thinking, things are looking up for old Jet and Gina, old Jet, young Gina. We pulled our RV trailer in there, that's redundant, and uh, started to unpack. And during this process, I started to feel good. A kind of welling up of goodness. You know, that percolating goodness that feels the same way as darkness. But in the opposite, I started to feel excited. Our deer were waiting there at our site for us, just like before. They said hello, the whole family, even the little baby deers. And I said to Gina, I said, I haven't felt this good about being at Convict Lake since I was a kid, even before I ever met Gina, which is hard to believe there was a time before her, I just felt this, I don't want to say oneness, I just did, so clearly I want to say it a little bit, this just connection, kind of beyond words, I felt great. So we start unpacking, we do everything right this time, and it was excellent and everything was good, and I was feeling good. And as we were unpacking, we were enjoying ourselves, and usually that's a tedious task. Because remember, we had to pack up that day, then go to the market. So we're talking about, by then, we were already at about four or five hours of packing and unpacking. 
As we're getting closer to the end of our setup, we are just finishing our setup. As a matter of fact, Gina is now working on the table, putting food out for lunch. Two of the campground hosts are walking around with masks on. They don't usually wear masks because uh, they're six feet away. Always, they're on their golf carts. And they said, hey, we're getting evacuated. You have to leave. All California federal campsites are being closed. Can you hear the sinking of my heart? After all that work, now we're at about six hours of takedown, market, and setup. I was feeling good. And the interesting thing there is that I can draw conclusions, especially with things that have happened since I left the mountains, of when I feel good, catastrophe is imminent. Superstition. But it seems to coincide. Am I doing that myself in my mind? And then that battle plagues me. So we had to break down. I look at Gina and I go, they told us we must leave and we have two hours. We're filthy, exhausted, ready to jump in the river at this great site that we thought we lucked out on. No, we have to leave. Our trip is over. We're going to stay another two weeks. This is the way. This is how it goes. I tell her and she says, okay, we got this. We do, we break down. And there's so much more to it than that. But we leave. The smoke comes in quick. I feel it in my lungs before I even see it. It encompasses the valley that we are in, and we must go. We're driving home. It's going to be light. Instead of having a good night, I have to take this trailer all the way down south and then pull it into this parking space that is not easy to do and deal with the reality of the end of our vacation, but also just, I don't know, the conclusion of this world that it existed for us up there, going to school, going to work, this positivity. And I thought, is it sustainable? Remember, when we went up there, it was this disaster with the car, and now it ends this way. The irony, too, is remember when we left where we are now in the valley, we prepped our RV to be removed quickly because we thought the fires would be down here. And now we're evacuated up there. So every year we have been evacuated from somewhere for the last three years. So we get home. Positive. Unload. Positive. Put the air conditioning back in the window. Put the RV back together because the gray and clear and black tank are not connected and we can't go to sleep until that's done because it's very hot in the valley. We do all that and then for the last two or three weeks, whatever it is, I don't remember, maybe eternity, it has been disaster after disaster. And these are micro disasters that only affect our life, mostly mine. But that whole, if something can go wrong, will go wrong, stuff starts to creep. And I am keeping the darkness at bay with the swords of my development over the last three months against my foe, sadness and depression. And eventually, I'm standing there looking at fine grit sandpaper at Lowe's Not a Sponsor, and it hits me with both barrels. School has got Gene and I on edge. The work. We've been working on the trailer, the RV. We've been cleaning, shining, prepping, getting ready to sell our off-road trailer, getting ready to sell the RV. And we were working on our new project of revamping trailers. And we had a line on one that we were going to pick up for a great deal that I had negotiated over three days. We were ready. I had bought the brake system to put on this trailer because it didn't have the uh, lights, this towable trailer camper. And I'm not telling you because it'll be a surprise later. The guy and I have agreed... It's done. I'm prepping the car. We're going to go in the morning to Modesto to pick this trailer up. 
It's going to be our first overhaul for the purpose of sales. And while I am setting it up, finding that one of the lights that I had just bought that night to do the deal, after going to AAA, after going to DMV, getting everything ready, it fell through. Then the next day, another thing fell through. Then the next day, I go to an appointment that was set up that I've been battling for the last four months. Finally, I'm at its conclusion. They go, everything you've done, this is at a courthouse. I'll tell you about that later, too. Everything you've done up until this point is null and void. Nothing will happen. You have to start all over, pay all over, go through the eight-week process, blah, blah, blah. And that's where I find myself at Lowe's. Buying fine grit sandpaper to use on my lucite table to try and bring it back to life. And I'm just done. I weigh 144.6 pounds. I have not weighed that much since I was in grade school. I guess that's a positive thing because I didn't put on a lot of weight. I haven't worked out since July with any kind of regularity. The last time I went running in Mammoth, I ran up this giant hill, which was over 2,200 feet elevation climb at uh, over 13 miles, and I threw up and had a horrible fever afterwards. Well, I felt like I had a fever. I didn't actually take my temperature. No working out, no doing podcasts, no pages written in three weeks or two weeks. Again, time is becoming quite relative to me. And my phalanx against the darkness failed. Momentarily, but it happened. I could tell you I prevailed. I am the rock that shatters the waves of adversity and adversity and adversity. <laughs> I could tell you that and slur my words and say wrong blurs. I could tell you all of that, but that would be a lie. And my covenant with you is to not lie. Some other stuff has happened. Yesterday, a kid that I knew probably five, six years ago that was a friend of my cousin's just out of the blue, hit me up and uh, was in a really hard way. He's like, do you remember me? I met you and you helped me make this film and I remember this special energy from you. He was definitely pointing in my direction, which is always weird because you go fate, universe, God, Buddha, sky lizard, turtle whose back sits upon the universe, Matarin. What have I done wrong? You are still pointing people in the direction of me. For help, I still do the show in spite of the results that I have not seen. Whyeth do you push upon me these people I can help if you do not give me the power to help more? So this kid, Robert, hits me up. Talks to me about how his dad recently died. Went into a doctor's appointment, his father, two weeks later, dead of cancer. I'm not bringing this stuff up because I like doing this. It seems like every episode has a little bit of morbidity in it, but these are the people who are gravitating towards me. And I help him. I tell him insight. Stuff you've heard on this show. Kinetic. Now I'm trying to do three other things. I'm selling things online, so I'm corresponding with those people. I'm cutting down trees in the backyard because fall has come, and boy has it fallen. I have to take my gloves off. I'm being eaten by mosquitoes. Not literally. They sound much bigger when I say it that way. They're small. They're mosquitoes, but they suck. Wow, that's literal too. I text him, and I hear ten messages pop up in my headphones while I'm working. And I changed this guy. At least through his words. I've made a big difference in his life. I've made him see things from another vantage point. I make him feel better. He has a connection to his father and something bigger just because of my words. What a gift I have, right? But just like any novel, 
any movie, any poem, why do I have it? This is what I asked Gina last night. Why do I have this ability to help people? Why do I have this power with words on paper, written, and verbally? Why do I have that? Why am I able to do these things? Why am I able to affect these people? Why am I able to create this narrative if all it does is nothing? I've quadrupled. Even more than that, but I don't know what is more than quadrupled. Quintupled? My efforts. It was a year ago yesterday. It was. A year ago yesterday that I did my first stand-up act. And consequently, my life has changed hugely and bigly and pigly. It's been a night and day difference, and I am using that correctly. The man that came out of that comedy club last year redoubled and redoubled again all his efforts in all facets of his life. Fitness. My relationship. Writing. I'm going to school. Everything that is around our house. Just picture you go to your house one day and everything you've ignored, you suddenly do over the next year. I have a no spider web policy in my backyard. We have tons of plants, tons of trees. Not one spider web will appear on the outside or inside of anything around my house. That's how I keep things clean. I do this every day. It's a routine. Because I have become this precision instrument for the most part. Sometimes I break like I did at Lowe's. Still not a sponsor. That's disappointing. I thought me talking about how I was overcome by depression while looking at their high grit sandpaper, they'd go, oh, this is a guy we want to sponsor. <laughs> so why all that stuff given to me? Well, let us turn to narrative. That's the only thing I can think of. Whether it's a poem, whether it's a book, short story, movie, song, Greek legend, Roman legend. What happens to the hero in his arc? The closer he gets to his eventuality, third act, if you will, the more the foes become mighty. The teeth of the creatures that attack him are sharper. And whereas when you start at the beginning, like I did when I lost my mind or quit drinking the first time, it's all relative, you know, with time, because once you stop pushing that flywheel, things stop. So in the perpetual energy that I've been putting in, let's call that the start, let's say it's four or five years ago. I had many foes, many obstacles, but they were easier, right? At the bottom of your journey, there's more of it, but it's simpler. I have reached close to the top of this pyramid, top of the mountain, and my foes are mighty. I have many weapons I have cultivated over my storyline, many skills, emotional, physical, and mental. But the weight I've lost is because it has taken everything I have to hold my shield and sword against what I'm dealing with right now. So then last night when I'm being a bit of an asshole, pardon my French, trigger warning, I'm being a uh, jerk around Gina, not to Gina, I'm just sad and my defenses are down, and the floodgates of the last three months where I've been quitting depression, they open, and the immortal soldiers come upon me. This is like a 300 reference. I think I'm just kind of daydreaming. And I'm just venting. Why, 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 how, how, how? This is the same guy who told you, go out there and run 10 miles a day in July when I did over 170 miles. But I knew the possibility of this day could come. 
but you can't plan for it in the sense that I don't want to think negatively. So I think positively that whole time, and I'm still thinking positively right before I go into Lowe's after this massive rejection of this project. The trip to the vacation with the failed car. The issues when I get up there. The fire coming back down. Deal after deal falling through. And then this business filing thing. And it's in my weaknesses, right? Reading. And then I just ran into this person who I was dealing with yesterday at the courthouse who was the meanest, most vicious, vile human I've met in a long time. And I thought, of course you're here right now. It's the third act. The stakes are higher. Doesn't make it feel good. Knowledge doesn't really help you when the emotion takes over. I don't know, maybe it does, but in my case it didn't yesterday. I wake up and I have to jump on the hamster wheel of chipping away. Work on these projects, like the tables I'm rehabbing. Working on the RV, working on the trailer. And whenever I'm working on something, I'm thinking about what's not getting worked on. Yesterday we had to cut down trees for three hours. That's an exaggeration, but it felt like it. It actually felt like forever. I get all itchy. I can't go to sleep because my arm is itching so much it's this shooting pain. (sighs) And it's tough. I always want to question myself, is it tough, Jet? Is it really? Is this relationship, is this life just some kind of narrative you created to ignore the reality of your situation? Those thoughts come in, jabbing you. And then you try and come up for air and you're hit by a wave again. We've all been there. And if you haven't, you will. And what do you do? What can you do? You muster on. Do you have the dark thoughts you thought you had put at bay? Sure. They're fighters. The bad emotions. The fears. I'm this old. I've had this much time. This person did it earlier. Look at me. I should be. Am not. Cannot. Loser this. Loser that. Cliché. Familiar but yet present and hard to ignore. I know you're not real, ghosts, werewolves, demons, but yet I fear you. Isn't that paradoxical? I know these are emotions. I know these are feelings. I've had them before, but that doesn't make them any less sharp. So I go back to it today and I continue working, pressure washing this table, working on this lucite demon table that's been trying to kill me. You know, emotionally, obviously, tables can't kill you. I'm sure they can. Not in my case. Not yet. Snap at Gina for no reason. We spent like five days putting a uh, new electronic braking system on the um, FJ so it can tow more weight, so it can activate the brakes on a trailer. But even that, the orders didn't go through. The orders went through wrong. Something that was promised didn't come through. Just BS. Just nonsense. When the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling sad, I quickly remember my favorite things, and then I don't feel so bad. Christmas is coming. The Christmas of the pandemic and the election. 
I don't let the rules and life of the real world penetrate my armor. So what if we're in a pandemic? So what if this election is the toughest one that we've gone through in any of our lifetimes? So what if all of California is on fire? So what if Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, leaving open a Supreme Court seat that could affect the future of your children? So what? Does it matter? Will it matter? When we're on the bed of our death, will we sit there and think of the micro-problems of 2020? Probably not. Do we have it good, everyone who has the ears to hear this? The headphones attached to a fabulous supercomputer in your pocket as you drive in a climate-controlled environment, living in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife or husband? How can we complain when there are starving children around the world? Well, that doesn't matter to our emotions and people don't look at that. It's irrelevant to us. We can't see. That's not how humans are built. There is more anger, there is more fury, there is more drama in the world right now than ever in our life, and it's more accessible than ever before. You used to know that nutcase in high school who said all that crazy stuff that made everyone mad, but everyone ignored him. Now he has 8 million followers. And 10 of your friends love him and keep saying, Hey, did you know about this? Sky Lizard and the Illuminati and Bill Gates and blah, 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 blah. And it starts to penetrate you. And you go, what do I do? My kid's internet is out, just like ours is today, except I don't have children. I have the tasks of my real life. I can't worry about Bill Gates being in cahoots with the Sky Lizard. I don't have time for that. My Zoom just crashed. What a weird thing to say. But it's true. I have to be on class after class. I have to do this. My mother, father, grandmother, grandfather, their health is at threat because 200,000 people have died from this pandemic and yet my problems are I still need to go to the grocery store. Right? I've told you guys before you're great listeners. I, I just got to point that out. I really appreciate you sitting down here for my session. What do I owe you? What do we do, Jet? You've told us the problems of the world, internally and externally, and even more, supernaturally, universally. Sounds like a Daft Punk song. What do we do, Jet? We soldier the F on. Because if we cannot go back, we must go forward. Because for every one of us who is listening to this right now, who is going through this, there is someone else watching us. This kid, Robert, who hit me up the other day. The people I don't know who count on my stability for their stability are watching and listening. So we must be hard. We must be tough. We must double down. We must create that emotional shield. Bring it back. Even though yesterday I let myself become vulnerable because I was overwhelmed does not mean I will today. Today is the first day of the rest of our lives. Sure, okay, yeah, but yesterday was the first day of the rest of our lives and every day before that. I see flaws in it. My brain's a little too big for those kind of sayings. But yes, we do have to start over. Not from the beginning, but today. 
because we can't wallow, guys and guyettes and guyette juniors and guy juniors. We cannot stop. We are not allowed to stop. We are humans, and as long as we have air in our lungs, we must soldier on. We're the good ones. Just by the virtue of listening to this, you are a good one. Do you know why? Just like someone who reached for a podcast, a book, an audio, a friend for positivity, you are seeking to better yourself, so therefore you are the good ones. We must be the lighthouse. A candle, when put up against great wind, is blown out. A roaring fire, when put up against great wind, is made even stronger. We must be the fire, and we must take the wind. We are tough. And sometimes it becomes overwhelming, and maybe we just need to eat or sleep. I make narrative and tale out of such insignificant moments that, wow, you could write an epic about my drama that happens in one day. But I must swallow, I must breathe, I must unclench my teeth, and I must clear my head and move forward. It's easier to wallow, sure, but is it really? That's a contradiction of my own statement that took place two seconds ago. No, it's not easier, because it'll kill you. Slowly and from the inside. Who needs that? I am good at standing up against conflict. I am good at going toe-to-toe with bullies. You've heard it a lot in these last episodes. But when it comes to the inside, me. My (laughs) pocket bully, because he never leaves. My judge. It's harder. But I must continue to fight that. Or become transparent to it and let it flow through me. Even the strong have weak days, just like even the weak have strong days. We will get through this. And of course, on the other side will be (laughs) something brilliant, something beautiful. The last four years have been torture for so many of us. And the last year coming up this March has been the frosting on the torture cake. And then you have your own life. The own effects of your world. Millennials. The only generation to have not surpassed the previous one in wealth. Millennials. Gen Z. The generation that's age projection is lower than the one before them. First in history. The baby boomers are keeping all the money And these generations that are coming that I guess I'm a part of the millennials. I just read this in my human resources book. There's less for them. The difference between the 1%, the haves and the have-nots has never been more stark in this country. So we must move. What's that saying about the worst thing you can do is have a good person do nothing? It's not that. But you know what I mean. The good people must do something. Because in moments like this, the good people, they want to curl up and eat haagen Watch old episodes of 30 Rock, not a sponsor. What I'm doing, except without the ice cream. But I have had pizza two nights in a row. Pizza, pizza, this week. Don't let the noise steal the freshness. But I'm here, and I'm not going to stop. And neither are you. Because you're great, you're beautiful, your hair is thick, your skin looks radiant. Somehow you have more collagen than you did yesterday. 
you're getting younger. You stand taller because you are taller. And now you have more armor. I was in the mountains for a month. Some of it was tough physically. It was very tough physically. I fell out of my tent, almost broke every bone in my body. Exaggeration, but a lot of them. I hurt. But that physical pain and that physical difficulty of when you have to use the restroom, you have to walk a distance and you only have cold water. Here, our shower hasn't been working, so even at home, our outdoor shower, which I just discovered yesterday, we've been showering in almost three years. Do you shower outside for the last three years? Because I do. So this is the soft life that I live in. This is the pampery life where I live in an RV and have to shower outside, my wife and I. So the tougher life where I was camping, it was physically tough, but it was emotionally easier. I have to start working out again. I've been out of a routine for two months. How quickly did that happen for you guys? About four or five episodes. I ran 170 miles in July. I haven't run but twice since then, and it's almost the end of September. Routine broken. My body has shriveled like a California raisin. I heard it through the grapevine. I have to start anew, and isn't that kind of how it would be if I was me? If you were writing my narrative, of course, because I have to shatter the progress to build up again to be able to do this for you. You? Who are you? You guys calling me? You guys texting me? Is there a parade for Jet Dunlap in his psychotherapy show? No, there isn't, because if that was there, oh man, that'd make me happy, and I can't have that. People tell me, Jet, sometimes I listen to your episodes and they make me sad, and then I laugh and I go, wonderful. <laughs> If you saw a movie that made you do both those things, you would think that's a good movie. It was meant to be a complaint when you talked to me, but I think it's good. This has been a roller coaster. Why do we go on roller coasters? Because it's scary, fun, scary, fun. We like the contrast. Well, that's this episode. I don't even know what episode this is, guys. Does that bother me? Yeah. Have I been tracking my food? No, because when I went to the mountains, I couldn't. They're all on network now, these apps, so I lose them. I used to track my sobriety every day. I couldn't in the mountains, so I'm off on track. I didn't even say that word right. I have to get back on track. Is that easy? Do you find it easy to get back in your routine? Do you find it easy to get back to that eating right? Do you find it easy to get back to working out? Do you find it easy to get back to school or work? No. But if it was easy, why would we be incarnated? Why would we be on earth? What's the point? If this was easy, if it was just a vacation, what would be the point? What would we learn? What would be the use if we do not exercise our weaknesses? If we do not overcome, move through, and sometimes put your shoulder down and blast into the next chapter? Last year when I did that stand-up, I said next year being this year. I will have a 40-minute routine. Well, it turned into screenwriting. I've done a lot of that. I don't have a 40-minute routine because there are no comedy clubs. There are no people to go there. The world is tough, but you are tougher. And the people who come out of this generation, the young ones, the people who are surviving this are survivors. You got to live during the time of actual difficulty. There were people who 
were born and died of old age who didn't go through what you're going through. That makes you a badass. Pat yourself on the back. You are a legend. You are a savage. You are unstoppable. By the nature of being able to hear this. And that time has come. Where my blurred words are gone. So I'm out of them. Thank you for the listening of this show. I am Jet Dunlap and this was psychotherapy.